Yeah, yeah. well, just say, so you know, it ain't sweet over here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are recording. You guys right. want to go live? Yeah. Bob. 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 Say what's up to your people first. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I, can, I can edit. All of our stuff. Something out. went wrong. Oh, I know what went wrong. I was in a airplane mode. All right, so let me. Volume's good. Volume's good. Let's turn that up a little bit more. Just in case. Are you live right now, bro? Yeah, I'm live. Yeah. Yeah, we should be good. I can always turn up the volume a little bit. It won't be perfect. But live yeah, right now, waiting on my man Dorsey, so we can get started these topics. Uh, and Dorsey, the only thing that we need to learn from last time is all those taps on the table we were doing, we were all over place, yeah. whacking the shit out of this table, and all I heard was this, the whole, <laughs> so I got to work on a cushion device for that, but live now. Hold on. Back. All right, he's live. All right, everybody, people who have been, um, who've been asking me about our podcast, you know, tonight is kind of the first night that we're going to kind of. Uh, start the conversations about some of the things or a lot of the things that have been going on in America. My whole goal is to talk about racial injustice throughout the whole, not just the region, not just the state, but the country. So um just want to introduce you to my boy and my brother. I've known him for years and years and years, my boy Dorsey. Yeah, yeah, hey, you guys know um you guys know Wade, Darrell, if you don't know him. Um yeah, it was cool. You know, last week we started a conversation. Um, good friend Tommy from many years ago, uh, and it, it, it started each other, right? And Ray already had something in his mind where he was going to go live with it um, and make a podcast. So now uh, we're just watching things come to fruition because it's super important we have this conversation. So uh, appreciate Tommy for having us in here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and if you know anybody who's missing these lives or hasn't tuned in, I am editing these down. They're going on YouTube. I have the link, I have the link to the first one. This one will be out two, three days. But uh, if you're interested in that, I'll, I'll drop my email in the comments. Just shoot me a note. I'll send you a link for like a Google Drive download so you can have it. I'll open it up. I'll make it shareable. Whatever we need to do. Yeah, but uh, we'll knock it out. Uh, I was also telling these guys if there's any segment that you felt particularly strong about that you think would make its own kind of mini podcast and be a little more impactful so it's not two hours and people have to sift through. Right. Also, drop that in the comments. I can edit that out and get it back out there as a more immediate version mm-hmm. of one of our key topics, if you will. Sure. Right? So, yep. whatever needs to happen. And if you want to be on, just leave it in the comments. That's it. We'll stack yeah. this thing up. We'll schedule them out for the foreseeable future. Right. And and listen, um, Mike Cheeks, is tomorrow is still on. So, don't, Mike, Mike Cheeks, tomorrow is still on. Um, we're still going to do that. Um, this is just important that it's so important. We can talk about it seven days a week, really, to be honest with you. And it's just, it's just awesome to be uh, in here, um, being able to have these conversations. And listen, uh, they're not comfortable. I had a lot of comments, a lot of people in the uh, inbox saying, hey, uh, that was cool. And some people saying, hey, maybe that's not how it went. So, And that's awesome, man. So we're going to start a conversation. Um, that's the point. Yeah, and, and, and I guess I'll start it by saying, um, you know, uh, Wade, uh, Rail, for, for those of you who don't know, call him Wade, um, is... Um, he he, remembers something I said in the last one. We talked about uh, when I got pulled over coming from church. So I want to start there um, because I think it's important that we understand uh, not the fact that I got pulled over, not of those things. That's that's not the important part. The important part is the fear that was instilled into my uh, eight-year-old son, right? And the whole time he was talking about the fear of it. And um, I think uh, that's the been actually was one of the biggest topics people were asking me about. I said, well, how'd you deal with that, right? Um, and the reality of it, it felt like normal at first, right? But then when I'm talking to my son, let him know, like, hey, listen, you don't got to be scared. 
You don't have to be scared. And he just wasn't having it because of the things going on in the world, right? So when you talk about that, I think um, it's important that we educate because um, that's what's going to start. That the next generation, our generation has to make the movement, right? And, but it has to be sustained through our next generation. Right. Um, and to piggyback off of what he just said, and um, I got a 16, well, he'll be 16 in August. I have a 16-year-old son. And it's like one of the things you have to talk about is, yo, not just, uh, you know, how to be a man, you know, not just how to manage your money, not just how to shoot a jump shot. It's like you have to teach your youth, your sons, whatever the case may be, how to interact with police because the wrong move, the way we live now, you can get shot for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, you turn around quick, reach for the glove department, and things have happened all over the country. So it's like you really got to educate our youth on how to deal with the police. You can't be hostile. You can't be this. You can't be that because the wrong, like one wrong move, you can really lose your life. Like it's that real. Yeah, and if you think, and, and just so for my for my father who don't know, Rel um, is he's a, he's an educator. So he's in front of youth. And I, I brought him up. If you, you remember, we talked yeah. last week, right? I brought him up uh, just around the importance of his job, right? Um, and the point of his job is to to equip the youth. Uh, to be able to handle the world, right? So just think about it. That has to be, that in itself is a burden on not just education you have to teach them, yeah. but some of them, don't, you're their mentor, right? Yeah. They walk in, they see you, and they see, they, they get to see a black man in a position of authority. of importance yeah. and authority. But the importance of it is parents are entrusting you to get their kids well equipped to go out. So I think that's a pretty cool aspect where you're coming from. So uh, what are the pressures of that, man? Like if, like going into... Uh, seeing these these students every day and, and, and you've been around so you were you were at different levels of school you were AD before you were all these things so talk I would love to hear about that from, from your perspective well number one you know those of you that know me most know, know that I'm born and raised in Wilmington so it's like seeing things going up seeing injustice being put over by police thing, things like that but as a, as a person who is a teacher it's like you're not just a teacher you know you're also a mentor for some of the kids I'm dad for some of the kids, um, the basketball coach. For, for some of the kids, I'm your assistant principal. For some of the kids, I'm your disciplinarian. Some of your parents I grew up with. So it's like me, with the platform that I have, it's so important for me to be as positive as possible because, you know, at the end of the day, kids may not say they do, but they look and do whatever you see. You know what I'm saying? If I yell at someone, they might yell at somebody. But if I treat somebody with respect, they're going to treat somebody with respect. And then it goes a step further. So. Shout out to Design Lab, uh, excuse me, Design Thinking Academy. So I was the AD, teacher, director of climate and culture, and I ended up being the assistant principal there. Shout out to that school because that made my career. Um, there were times where, you know, me as a disciplinarian, a kid broke the code of conduct, and I don't want to suspend the kid or, you know, discipline the kid, but I had to. But, but so I had to hold him accountable, but I pulled him aside and was like, listen, this is deeper than Mr. Harris's code of conduct. Like this is deeper than me giving you detention or me doing this. At the end of the day, if you have a problem with authority, you ain't gonna have Mr. Harris to tell you how to handle this when you turn 18. You gonna get shot. Like these cops are not gonna play with you. So as I spoke to them about real life, you know, uh, uh, you know, the kids kind of got it a little bit that it's more to it than thinking about the immediate consequences. All right, look, Harris sending me home for a couple of days, that's crazy. No, it's not about that because the cop is not gonna hand you detention. The cop or someone out there is not going to give you in-school suspension. The judge is going to give you a number you can't do, or a cop, if, you know, if the cop is racist or doesn't know, you know, you know uh, how to handle stuff, it, you know, uh, the guy's going to shoot you. So it's like you have to put that in, in, into perspective that in school, 
when these teachers and, and we've educated are trying to tell you and trying to give you good advice, youth, 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 please listen to what I'm saying to you. If your teachers are giving you good advice, you have to take heed and you have to understand that because these cops out here or people out here, they're not giving you detention. They're not giving you this unit. They're shooting you. You're going to jail forever. Like this is this was going to happen. You guys got to make better decisions. Yeah. And, and that's cool. So, uh, Tommy, like you know, I was thinking after we did ours, uh, and that's everything you said is phenomenal because that's how I talk to my kids. The yeah. same way, hey, listen, your teachers aren't there. Want to be your friends and those things, but uh, like you're there to teach you something, get what you can out of them, right? Uh, but last week, um, whole drive home and all up until today. I was thinking like, man, like that was awesome. I loved it, right? Um, I watched it back two or three times, not the whole hour and 45 minutes, but I watched it back for a good portion, right? Um, I wanted to ask you, man, like how, what made you want to have these conversations, man? Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of started off, right? I'm a 34-year-old white kid from South Jersey, right? When I walk into a room, everybody looks like me. Mm-hmm. When I walk into a room, people are like, huh. He might be here to do this, or he might be here to do that. Mm-hmm. The only time I, I mean, like, you know, if I traveled to somewhere else in the country, someone would be like, oh, you're from Jersey, one of those Jersey Shore kids. Right. And I can remember thinking like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, you know, it's weird because you look at, you know, I won't watch the news. Mm-hmm. But... You know, when COVID started and for the past few years, obviously there's all kinds of shit in the news. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. There's no shortage of things to talk about on the podcast. But it got to a point where I stopped looking at what and I started looking at why. Mm -hmm. Right? So like I asked you, Mm -hmm. how do we get back to a place or how do we get to a place where, you know, I grew up believing that America was the place that fucks stuff up and then fixes it, albeit slowly, as we move forward. Mm -hmm. Right. But, and I never really doubted that because, like you said, you look at things like you brought up the Emancipation Proclamation, Juneteenth, all these different things. And I was like, I was only ever told they were good things. I never thought about why, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, it, I feel kind of ridiculous about it because even at Best Buy, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, I want this. Well, why do you want one of those? Right, right, right. It, it became a second nature, but so many things that end up in the media or on social media become this and you're like all right why and people we're not nobody seems to be interested in why people feel a certain way Mm -hmm. they just go well i don't think you should feel that way right okay (laughs) sure but we don't know how you got there yep so for me when when all this is going on i'm looking at i'm like well a man was murdered Mm -hmm. essentially on live television yeah because it's in social media it's live television yeah and then Five, six, seven days go by, and I don't hear anybody of prop of, uh, what's the word? Why am I prominence? Prominence. There you go. I said prominence. <laughs> <laughs> right? Nobody of prominence came out and said, "Did we just watch a murder on television?" Right. right it was right. always like something happened here. Right. And it was like, no, right. we saw what happened. Mm-hmm. So I started looking. I'm like, all right. Why does Minnesota have third-degree murder? Mm-hmm. What's the difference between third and second? Mm-hmm. Why did Keith Ellison just go from upgraded from third to second? Mm-hmm. Should I be celebrating that it went from third to second? Mm-hmm. Or does this feel a little bit like the Zimmerman thing? Right, right. Where it becomes a, well, third is really easy to prove. Right. You did something this outside of the scope right. and somebody died, right. so you're going to go to jail for it. Right. Two is like, 
I can just see, you know, I'm, I'm listen. I, I, all I can hear is Annalise from How to Get Away with Murder. Right, right. Going, <laughs> how do you know he left the house intending to do that this morning? And yeah. all I can imagine is seeing on the fucking news, a second degree murder charge, not guilty. Right. Manslaughter, guilty. Mm. And I'm like, well, the what? <laughs> yeah. Just hit us in the face again because nobody talked about why. It's mm-hmm. good that it's number two. Well. It's good that it's a longer sentence. Sure. I think you can get both, but I'm not a defense attorney. I'm right. not a prosecutor. I don't know who those fucking people are. Yeah, I mean, the pro- well, number one, shout out for you and who want to be educated, who want to, you know, say or ask what they can do to help the black community or, you know, brown, you know, say whatever case may be. But I feel like to go a step further with what you're saying, um, because you said the why. So we all know that George Floyd got killed. You know, we all know that it was on Facebook. Uh, and, you know, you know, we saw the cop holding by his neck, or excuse me, knee on his neck. Mm-hmm. What we didn't see in the background, was, but the first view was the two cops that held him on the ground. Mm-hmm. And we got, uh, I think he was Asian guy mm-hmm. that was, you know, trying to get everybody away. And so I had friends that asked me, they're like the real. So basically this started the whole Black Lives Matter movement. No, I'm like absolutely not. No, right. you just finally saw it. You just saw. Right. So what you so what you're what you're seeing now is right. You know, this wasn't the start of the Black Lives Matter movement. This is what Black community called icing on the cake. Like we're fed up. Like we're tired of this going on. But to even go even deeper, you have to go back all the way back to like where it started. You have so you have to understand in order to fully understand this movement or what's going on in America, you have to understand where this all started at. And me being a history teacher, I'm going to give you a two-minute lesson about what's going on. Because you have to understand, the first black and white, like the first black and white interaction was not a good one. The first black and white interaction was when African Americans were taken from the continent of Africa, put in boats, driven, excuse me, boated over the Atlantic Ocean, and put into the economic advancement of, of, of slavery for the white advancement, particularly cotton. You go through there, you go through civil, excuse me, you go through the Civil War, and the Civil War started in 1861. It wasn't the only reason, but the main reason was slavery. The North wanted industrial, mm-hmm. the South wanted to be agricultural. That's why the South succeeded. They fight, it's over in 1865. Lincoln wrote the Emancipation Proclamation, freed the slaves, so, so now you got millions of African Americans free in the South. Now we got Jim Crow laws. You're free, but you can't vote unless your parents were free before 1865, which everyone was a slave. So there were different Jim Crow laws mm-hmm. to deliberately keep black people or the black community down. So you go through there, you go through the rise of the Klan, and people don't know this. The KKK was formed in Tennessee by Southern white Confederate soldiers who were upset about the outcome of the war. If, and if you do your research, you'll find that. You go through that, you go through the 40s, you go through Emmett Till, you go through all the stuff going on, you go through the 60s, you got Martin Luther King, you got Malcolm, you got all these civil activists. So at the end of the day, I say this to say, we are living in civil rights to point. Yeah, 100%. And I'll tell you, I mean, if anybody hasn't looked up and read the Jim Crow laws, right? like people are like, well, you know, I mean, slavery ended, and then, I mean, there was some, no. You go and read the Jim Crow laws, and you tell me how somebody sat in a chair and wrote that down, and everybody else went, looks good to me. You had a 12-foot brick wall separating your dining room. Correct. (laughs) Crazy. So the government will walk into my restaurant and go, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. I'm serving food to people. No, 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 no. You need to build a brick wall. You're going to incur these costs Mm -hmm. because we don't want you to. Right. And I feel like that part gets breezed over a lot. Mm -hmm. But it goes back to that what and why, right? Everyone goes, well, so this guy gets murdered, so we riot. You go, well, no, that's the what. Mm -hmm. Right. 
right? The match that blows up the gasoline covering the house, mm-hmm. it's not the match's fault. Right. It's pouring gasoline all over the house for <laughs> 300 years. Right. Did, did you guys have a chance to take a look at the 13th? That's on Netflix? I did, man. Yeah. Um, I actually, it's funny you asked me that because before we started, you know, before you and I got serious about our podcast, yeah. I was like, I wanted to go back and watch two things and one of the things I wanted to watch was 13th. So that's kind of where I got the Jim Crow laws right. and all that. I mean, I knew them, but I kind of had to, you know. Re-educate you. Yeah, yeah. re myself. Because nobody talks about it, right? Ever. So, yeah, so ever. Right. You'll let people bring it up like, hey, Jim Crow was coming. Right. Out. Honestly, like, that, that, I, I hear era. Jim Crow era all the time. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. But again, I watched so 13th. what? Yeah. And I'll say it again for everybody watching or whatever is, look, watch 13th. I said it last time. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep saying it until everybody that I know has watched 13th. I have a thousand people. I think it's 1,400 people follow me on Facebook. I saw a thing the other day that said that we can host a watch party with some of those films yeah. from Netflix. So yeah, we can actually watch in. it with people, pause it, discuss. Right. That might be a cool one. Yeah, because when, uh, when it came on, and everybody out there uh, who knows, uh, black people claim Clinton as their first their black first black president, president, right? If you look at the damage that he did to the, just to the black culture, to the uh, single family house, the reason why a lot of single family houses are what they are yep. is because Clinton put all the heads of household in jail, not personally, but his law, right? Yep. And even his wife, like even his wife came out and, and, and the thing super that they, predator. Super predator. Like, come on. And then How the laboring. That's, that's wild. Man, you can't, I mean, it's bad. So, I mean, you can even go back uh, a president before uh, Bush and Reagan and all that kind of stuff. What really hurt the black community was the three strike rule. Yeah, so the three strike, but the so the three strike, and then Biden, uh, who's running, had the mandatory minimums, right? Yep. So now what it did was, if you're a prosecutor, however, you're like, okay, well, it's a mandatory minimum. Instead of charging you with jaywalking, I'm gonna charge you with endangering lives of motor vehicles yep. or whatever to give you a longer sentence because it has a higher mandatory minimum. Mm-hmm. So now I'm gonna put you in jail for things. Uh, yeah. Sidebar: I think everybody in jail for weed possession it's should be released. Uh, and, and and not that I'm a proponent yeah. of weed, but but everybody nothing, nothing. But New <laughs> Jersey sent me a call. My doctor called me. Yeah. Like, you need to schedule an appointment. I get on there. It's like, what do you think about medical marijuana? I'm like, you mean I can walk into a building? <laughs> There's people in jail right now. People in jail. Felonies. Felonies. Twenty-five to life. Right. Weed charges. Well, because if you think about this way, when that that three strikes you're out, right? So the three strikes is three felonies. They could be. Completely different felonies, and they can and, 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 and all, I, all I had to do and was you can get all three in one shot, right? So three strikes you're out plus mandatory minimums. Now I'm going to stick you with a felony, mm. no matter if, if it was a felony or not. And now you're going to have three of them. I'm going to see you the rest of your life behind bars. Yeah. So you look at it and go, right. all right, this guy's got three joints on, right? Say I'm on my way to meet you guys. I bring three joints, right? They're all for me. Right. I'm just going to get blazed up, have a good time, right? right. But I show up. Is it possession or is it possession to, with the intent to distribute? Right. right. I mean, well, you, you have three. Yeah. So now all of a sudden it's distribute. We go from, you know, 18 months with six months in and probation to, well, oh, there's a felony right. distribution charge. Yeah, and it's it's just, oh, you had a pocket knife right. in your pocket? Uh, felony weapon possession. Was it? Was it Let's tack- six inches? Done. Now it's a now it's felony weapon, right? That's crazy. I mean, you just, I mean, just to, so now we're getting into the subject of systematic racism. Well, that's, you know, that's a whole other subject yeah. into itself. I yeah. mean, it, it's just, I mean, when you think of, you know, I'm not going to get political. Um, I know that some of my friends or viewers on Facebook, some of you guys are Biden supporters, some of you guys are Trump supporters, so I'm not going to go into that. So I'm trying not to put politics into what we're doing, because that's not really the cause here. But I mean, but you have to think about both candidates, you know, so it's like, you know, we have one candidate that kind of helped 
get black community in jail. And then we have another candidate who says what he wants to say and, you know, in my opinion, targets the black community. So it's like, it's like catch 22 with candidates. Now, 45 is flat, flat out racist. Okay. I, so I, I'll say it. Like, he's a flat out I, racist. And we kind of went into this <laughs> yeah. last time where I said, I don't know how, how is it that the only people who have ever said, why is it that every election is between some douche and some turd mm. was just South Park. Right. Well, everybody watched that episode and we're right. like, it is. Yeah. Who the hell's picking these two people? Right. Why? So there's 340 million Americans, and they go, anybody can be president, but you can only vote for you or me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't really like either one of those guys. Mm-hmm. But you got to vote for one of them. Yeah, well, who do you agree with more? Right. Well, that's not in America. I can order whatever I want from Amazon. It'll be here tomorrow. Right. But I get a choice between two. Right. <laughs> There's 85 different deodorants. I gotta pick between two people I don't like. Yeah, and it's just over and over and over. Well, I think that's where I think we talked about a little bit. One, we have to get younger, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, we have to get younger candidates that are going to be able to. Because think of Bernie Sanders, and again, I'm not saying who I would vote for or whatever. But what I am saying is, well, I won't vote for 45. But what I am saying <laughs> is that if Bernie was younger. His agenda would have spoke to more people if he was younger. But people don't want, oh, well, Bernie's ran 452 times. Yeah, the only problem with Bernie Sanders that I had, you know, and, it, and it's funny because I was teaching my kids this year about, you know, we went through the whole Democratic convention. Like, we went through everything, like the candidates. Um, the only problem with Bernie I had, because he's more of a socialist mm-hmm. type guy, yep. and, he, and he's kind of a bully. So yep. it's kind of like he has an agenda that he, and this is why he doesn't get a lot of stuff done. He had an agenda, and he wants to, you know, to be his way, but he's not willing to compromise whatever he needs. That's the problem. I mean, it's a given and it's a curse because it's always going to be a curse for him because he'll never be that Democratic nominee. I feel never. like he never. I feel like every time I hear him say like, "and we should and we should," he's saying because you can't. Right. Right. And I it was my always my beef with him. Like, why are you telling everybody in the country that they can't? Right. <laughs> yep. That you need to. But but because you, you've been here for sixty years and all you, these problems still exist. Right. And you <laughs> and where you sit, right. where you sit. So we spent a lot of time talking about the president nominations and so the two people, right? Mm-hmm. But, okay, yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week. Yes, they stamp it and, okay, cool, they're that figurehead, right? But that's not where anything gets passed. That's not where right. anything is brought up. Well, I was pounding the yeah, table about yeah, that last those week. Men, like, first of all, you shouldn't have a lifelong uh, seat, right? No, <laughs> like, that's the problem. You shouldn't yeah. have a lifelong seat anywhere. That's the problem because those older guys that have those particular views, and, and, and we can extend this to racism, people rule with you. We have these older guys with these views, and they're never able to get out their seat. So the systematic stuff always stays in the same place, and you never see change. And, yep. and that's the problem. So it's all lip service. It's crazy. I was, and I don't know if we talked about it, but I, I was really pissed off about that the Blackout Tuesday thing okay. on social media okay. because so it got hijacked immediately. Right. right. It was, don't post about your business. We're going to have one conversation on social media t- today because. It's voting day. Right. Right. <laughs> and what it turned into was everybody wants to post it with all their own hashtags uh-huh. so that they can... Look, I, I did something. No, mm-hmm. you shut down the conversation that was supposed to be happening. You were supposed to abstain. Right. Stay the fuck away and listen. And shut it, your mouth. Right. So even goes back to your point there. Why are... And so I guess this is a, a question for you guys mm-hmm. that, that I want to know. And also for everybody listening and watching us right now. Why is everybody so afraid to have these conversations? I don't get it. If you have black friends in the black community, like I've lost friends over this. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, I've had friends for years mm-hmm. and it just, 
I just saw what like I'm not gonna try to out anybody that's wrong, but I feel like I just saw like 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 okay, for, okay for example, um, if someone posts something that mm-hmm. everyone knows is a deliberate shot to the black community, I had friends like it, mm-hmm. I had friends heart it, I had friends share it, I had friends laugh at it. So it's like me looking at myself like wow, these are people I broke bread with over the past 10, 15, 20 years. And then it's and then when it's and then when things hit the fan, it's like, oh, I really see what you are, or I see how you really view me. Mm-hmm. So I can only go by how you treat me when we're together, but behind my back, you could be saying something totally different. Right? Yep. So for me, I think I think on both sides of the fence. So one, I think um, it's hard for uh, white America to say, hey, we've been wrong, mm-hmm. and and what you hear the most is, well, that wasn't me. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, that was many years ago, right? But. Uh, I've never called anybody a nigger, or I've never pulled anybody over as a cop. Because again, there are good co- there are good cops out there, there right? Are, yeah. But at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're good cops. What matters is is that there is a wrong happening to a certain set of people, and I need you to see it first and have a conversation. So one, they don't. No one wants to say, "Hey, we're wrong. You're right. I don't want to hear your your point of view." Mm-hmm. But two, I think from the black community, the reason why we don't talk about it because we're not educated enough on it, right? So we look at education from, again, Jim Crow era. I guarantee there's a lot of people who don't understand what Jim Crow was. The President uh, Clinton thing that we just talked about, people didn't understand that, right? 13 sheds a light on a lot of things that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I can't, ed- I can't have an educate, educated conversation with you around a topic because all you have to do is say one thing, I'm like... I don't know what that means, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're not educated, and this is where we, and I'm going to bring it full circle, but financial literacy, mm-hmm. right? Financial literacy is something that has been, I think that in itself from a systematic standpoint mm-hmm. has kept us in the dark, mm-hmm. right? So I know that my mom, who, like I said it before, she was a short Italian woman, right? Yeah. But she was from, she was raised when we were in the projects my, almost my entire life, right? My dad... Never had it. He was never educated enough to say, "Hey, here's what a credit score is. Here's how you get financially right. stable." Well done. Right. Well done. Well done. So, so now that conversation. If I'm uncomfortable in a room talking about APR, if I'm like in and they're not can't talk about credit score, I'm gonna shut up, right? Because I'm gonna fall back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same thing with this conversation. Right. If I can't give a valid a valid point of why I feel the way I feel, I'll just shut up, and then people don't want to have that conversation. It's a a lot of people. They. They've relinquished the conversation to an authority without establishing that we have the same authority. Right. Right? Um, A good example of it is religion. Right? If I said, like, hey, uh, this is why I do what I do, but they would go, well, that's not what the Bible says. Well, how do you know that the Bible is what I subscribe to? Correct. So you're making a point to authority, but I don't subscribe to your authority. Mm -hmm. So what a lot of people do is they go, well, I learned in school mm-hmm. that that was a good thing. And you're like, okay, and how long ago was that? Right. Mm-hmm. It was 22 years ago. Okay, and you were in seventh grade, and what have you ever thought about it since? Well, no. So you just regurgitate it when right. somebody says something. Right. Like, you know, I keep, you know, to make a, a stupid way off the wall example, people go, TikTok isn't helping anybody. I go, really? I went on a date a couple dates last year because I went on TikTok. Right. right? I've made friends on TikTok. I've reached and recruited agents and helped them change their business because of a stupid TikTok. So don't tell me that because you don't like a site, the information on the site's wrong. Don't tell me because you read a book a certain way Mm -hmm. and I read it a different way that I'm wrong and you're right. Right. 
we talked about the difference in perspective, right? right? Perspective that is everything. I saw another, it must be Instagram following me, but yeah. it showed two different pictures of a lion carrying her cub. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And one, yeah. it's nice and gentle. And then right. the other one, it looks like she's trying to chew the cub's head off. Right. You know, sometimes you just go, right. oh, that's what it is. <laughs> right. Oh, shit. Right. And then you lean back and you go, oh, this is much more comfortable. I'm going to stay here. Right. It's a comfort thing. So to kind of piggyback off of perspective, and things like that. So it kind of goes back to when you were pulled over, but I think it pertains to the situation. So I'm going to tell a 30-second story about my experience being pulled over by a cop when I was in college. Um, I'm not going to shout my university out, but I think that's wrong at this point. But anyway, I'm in the passenger seat. So one of my guys is driving an SUV. White guy's driving the car. I'm in the passenger seat two white guys in the back. I will never forget this story. I think we were coming from a party or something. Um, so uh, my, my guy, he blows a stop sign. Mm -hmm. Not arguing what he did was wrong. Blows a stop sign. Uh, the cop comes to the side of the car. You know, looks at, looks at the uh, the driver. Look, he, he uh, you know, flashes the light on me and then looks in the back. And then he says, uh, give me your ID. I'm 100% thinking he, he's talking to the driver, right? So everybody's thinking that, right? So he said, no, I'm talking to you. So I look at the cop and say, well, sir, I wasn't driving the vehicle. Mm -hmm. He says, I didn't ask you what you was driving. I said, give me your ID. So at this point, I have a decision to make. Do I go back and forth with this cop? And, and, and one thing leads to another, and next thing you know, that, you know I'm, I'm in handcuffs. Or do I give this cop my ID? Let him run it because I know I didn't have anything, you know, I'm going on, and go about my business. So long story short, I gave the cop my ID. He runs my license. Obviously, nothing was on it. He gives it back. Okay. Looks at everyone else in the car. Says, "Have and he said, "Has my back." Okay. We pull off. It's silence for about ten minutes. So this is the part where I want people to hear my story and educate. Okay. It, it, so we pull off. Silence for about ten minutes. And then one of my friends in the back cracks the joke, so he kind of lightly moved, moved up, and we started laughing, and we keep going. But that was a point where everyone in the car knew something wrong happened. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew something wrong happened. I'm not saying that you can relate, but you, but you see that your boy is hurt, injustice just happened. Excuse me, racial injustice just happened. Mm -hmm. Your boy's hurt. These are the kinds of conversations that we should have had, or I should have had when I was younger. Because to us, that's everyday life. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying so it's like I encourage if anyone list, uh, watching right now, if, if that's happened to you or you've been around someone who that's happened to, and even though my boy tried to lighten the moment, the point, the, the point is that was not cool. The conversation needs to be had. What can we do to help? You know, the real I'm sorry that happened to you. But when you witness it and don't say nothing, I think that's when we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah, I mean, uh, I got to jump into this appointment in a second, but that, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, uh, there was a comedian I was listening to, years. I don't understand why one crazy person can take over the bus and nobody says anything. Mm -hmm. But it's the same type of situation. Like, even if you, even if you pulled away, no, you know, don't say anything in the time, in the moment, right. pull over and go, what the fuck was that? Right, mm -hmm. right. At, at least an acknowledgement, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, I've done that, I'll be in the room and somebody comes in and, Significant other comes in, makes some shitty comment, and they'll even go, the fuck was that? Right, right. Like, we do that for nothing. Right. But I, I think that there's a lot of people who, and social media has exposed this, right? 
are not willing to feel uncomfortable right. mm. at any part of the day. I think mm. that's the problem. Right? Mm. It's why we it's why people love Twitter. Because yeah. nobody knows where you are. Your Facebook, your link to your family, your job, and yeah. everybody. You can go on Twitter and say whatever you want. That's why I won't go. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested. Right. Nothing good comes from there. But it's become this anonymous, what can I say that's the most shocking thing so that I can go, look, I've had an impact. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many people that they'd either rather have <clears throat> some stupid impact that they could take credit for. Mm-hmm. Or they don't want to have any impact mm-hmm. because they're uncomfortable to sit here and go, I don't have any of the fucking answers, so I need to sit here and listen. Right. I mean, right? I've never had that scenario. No. I've been pulled out of the car no. while I'm in my Best Buy shirt, and they're mm-hmm. like, you've been drinking? I'm like, I got my Best Buy name tag on. My shirt's tucked in. And they're like, okay. And right. like, you're pulling in the... And then in my head, I'm going... I'm, I'm a 21 year old kid pulling into Westchester University. Of course, he thinks I'm hammered. <laughs> right, right. But it wasn't because of the way I looked. It was where I was. Sure. Right? Retail kid, young kids, got yeah. loud music on, pulling over. He's pulling into the dorms. I know he's got a 30 pack in the trunk. Right. right. I, mean, I mean, at this point, I don't know how you feel personally. Um, I mean, and this is no disrespect to any good cops out there. I acknowledge there are good cops. Um, but I'm personally scared of police, man. I mean, I find myself when I'm driving. Um, you know, I see a cop to my left or to my right. It's like a, uh, it's a startling feeling because without team, you realize, I mean, you realize it. George Floyd could have been near you. Mm-hmm. The guy that was jogging could have been near you. I mean, I ran six miles a day. That, that could have been me. Um, Breonna Taylor could have been your wife. Mm-hmm. You know, could have been, you know, I mean, whatever case it may be. So I don't think people understand that. Like, these people that have been, you know, killed by law enforcement, whatever the case may be, these people could have been us. And I think when I try to explain that to certain people, they don't understand, like, it, it, but it wasn't you. No, it wasn't me, but it could have been me. Because we do those kinds of activities. Yeah, and and that pisses right. me off because you go, but it was somebody. Right. Somebody died right. today. But at the end of the day, like, the way, the way, I, the way I combat that and, and, and the best way I know how is to say, but it was me. And I'm going to tell you why it was me. Because... What that person just because I'm breathing and able to do that, they didn't look at that person and say, "Well, that was Derek, John, Mike, Brian." It said it was a black guy, mm-hmm. right? So it was me. They 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 didn't walk through, um, and just like Brianna Taylor, they walked into her house while she was in at home sleep. What are you supposed to be there? Right. Um, house. So my, my 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 whole thing around that is is yes, uh, how I feel about cops. Um, I don't hate cops, so I want to put that as very clear as possible. I don't hate cops. Um, I had said this last week. My cousin is the chief of police mm-hmm. in um, Northtown, Pennsylvania. So uh, it's not a cop thing to me. It's a racist thing. Mm-hmm. And then we start opening the can of worms to systematic racism. Mm-hmm. Right, which is a whole other thing. And then we start talking about um, Zimmerman. We brought up a little earlier the Zimmerman thing. Uh, we start talking about all that. And, and I don't want to hear anybody that I know or that's on your live or on the podcast talk about, well, black on black crime. Oh, that's. That's different whole, points. Yeah, that's, that's you're a whole going around right. the point. That's a whole separate conversation we can have, right? Um, but for me, it's just the, the the understanding of yes. Every time a cop pulls out, I know I'm legit. I know I'm legit, but I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Where is this going to go? Right, exactly. Where is this going to go? Am I going to get pulled over? Am I not going to get pulled over? Uh, and if I don't get pulled over, I'm like, whew, didn't get pulled over, right? And it's like, oh, it wasn't for me. I've hung up the phone. I've turned my radio down. It's, it's Hold on, wait. All right, let me get my thing together, right? right. Just for the sheer fact that I don't want to give you a single reason to pull me over. They drive past. Everybody else who drive past. I'm like, oh, wait. I mean, we'll look. Kyle drives past them. Ten and two, I'm like I'm locked in, right? So it's just, but that's a that's a thing that I've been taught. That's a thing that the system allows it to be. Uh, so for me, it's just like, all right, what well, cops are gonna pull me over today, and, and and if they do, how's the outcome? Like, what is it gonna be? Yeah. Um, just another story on that is that I was coming back from uh, my mom said my mom was sick. Uh, she passed, so God rest her soul. Uh, but she was sick, and I drove down to Williamsburg. She came down sick, so I flew up. The, my license wasn't right. My registration wasn't right. I know, but there was nothing to keep me from driving to Williamsburg, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. to see my mom. Mm-hmm. It was a three-hour drive. I drove up. All right, cool. My wife, hey, did you make it all right? Yeah, I made it. Okay, cool. And if you know anything about Williamsburg, I know some people from Williamsburg are on here. Uh, you understand how the Williamsburg police are. You understand how everything up through there, uh, getting to Carlisle, and like all the how, how those towns are the Sunberries of the world, so you guys understand it. I made it all the way there, so I was cool. On the way back, I was like, all right, here we go. So I'm good. I'm, I'm driving on the speed limit. Everything is legit because I know things aren't legit, right? So I'm driving. I saw a cop way up to my left, four, three lanes over, all the way. I'm like, okay, there's, I'm good, right? So I'm driving. I lose track of the cop or whatever. I assume he just kept going. And then I look at my rear view, and there's lights behind me. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how would you see me from there to where I'm at? So pulls me over. And this was, uh, I forget exactly what was going on, but it was, it might have been, it might have been a Trayvon Martin thing. But I pulled over, and I instantly put my window down and put my hands out the car. Mm-hmm. Right? My hands were out the car. And he walked up, and he said, uh, you know, we're in a crazy time right now. And I was like, yeah. He was like, but his hand was on his hip. My hands were out the window, right? So uh, he, he said, I was like, he's like, hey, you have the license registration? I said, yes. Do you want to grab it? Because I don't want to move my hands from clearly where they're at. Uh, he's like, no, you can go ahead and grab it. So I kept one hand out and I reached over. But these are all I'm doing like Pilates to get to this 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 right. information. And I got it to him. And, and at the end of the day, I have my cousin's card that said, my cousin, the chief of police, right? So I handed it to him and he looks at it and he says, Okay, you can go. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say, well, why'd you pull me over? Right. right. I wanted to say those things. So uh, I'm just going to say, like, uh, so I'm in fear always. Because yeah. you never know. I'm on the side of the highway. Mm-hmm. You never know what can happen, right? So, yeah. So I think the conversation has to happen. I think podcasts have to happen. I think Facebook Lives have to happen. I think people sharing the Facebook Live, sharing the podcast, all this stuff has to happen. Because people won't get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And because they won't get that's a great choice of words, they won't get uncomfortable because you got to be have a sense of vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. You have to say, hey, I'm not perfect, but I'm also pissed off, mm-hmm. sad. I want to learn. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, so I would love somebody to sit right here yeah. who has a completely different point of view. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, have people, yeah. I had a couple of people reach out. They're like, that was a great conversation. I have a lot of friends who are police officers. I have friends who work at the academy. And they'll, they reach out and they're like, do you think I could come on and we could all talk about it? Like, hell yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, we'll clean this table. I will have a fucking slumber party in right. here if we have to. I'll <laughs> hang mics from the ceiling so we can get 30 people in this room. Right. But, I mean, the, the more people that are talking, yeah, the, the more people are, li- I mean, I have a feeling more people than in a long time are finally listening. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's step one. Right. Right. I said last week, 
we this won't be over when somebody writes a law. Mm-hmm. It'll be over mm-hmm. when nobody ever sticks both of their hands out the window because they got right. pulled over again. Right. When you're when a, no eight year old is afraid of the cops. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, I mean, there's people getting nutty out there asking like, Paw Patrol needs to be canceled. Like, all right, all right, right. right. stop hijacking a real conversation for some wacky shit. Right. But you know, the real conversation I feel like is happening. It's just. I don't know, like, how is it, again, how is it that you could pick any three, you could walk into Congress with your eyes blindfolded and go, you, you, and you, you'd have somewhere between 80 and 100 years in Congress combined, and they're still going, and we don't like these laws. Like, right. you fucking wrote them. Right, right. And they keep coming up for review, and you can go, here, here's a pen. Right. Here's a piece of paper. Here's a piece of paper. Write down what all these people are yelling about. Like, go on social, it, like I said, is it unclear what anybody wants right now? Well, I mean, so to piggyback off what you just said, so number one, um, I'm very aware that the president um, went on today, he spoke today, he signed um, a police reform uh, bill into executive order today. I do not know much about the topic to really speak on it right now, so I'm not. But I guess what my question is to Dorsey, to you, people watching, to you. you so, so you just explained um, a scenario where you're doing Pilates out the window to let the cop know that you don't. Why do we gotta live like that? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the conversation that needs to be had. Why do I gotta be in fear of getting pulled over? You know what I'm saying? Why do I gotta put both my hands out the window when, when I'm pulled over by a cop? Why do I gotta think about hostility? That's the question that needs to be happening. I'm not saying I'll never get pulled over again. But mm-hmm. the problem with getting pulled over is when you're black in America is I shouldn't be worrying about losing my life when I get pulled over. Correct. Those are the com- those are the conversations that have to be had. Yeah. Because Ooh. sorry, that's all right. <laughs> so, so I've talked. I just want to people to be able to hear what you just said. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, so I've talked to a couple of my white friends and 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 I've asked them, and, you know. So I said, you know, what are the first things that you worry about when you, when you know when you get pulled over? Uh, wasting my time. I'm late for work. I'm about to get a fine. I don't feel like being here. And and if you ask anyone from the black community right now, especially the black males, who I feel like right now we're an endangered species. I you know I feel like we're being hunted right now. Uh, if you just heard about three lynchings over in California right now, like it's crazy right now. But um yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it, like wild. We're, we're, we're talking about lynchings. <laughs> wild. Like three African Americans have been lynched in California. Hanging from trees. Hanging from trees. You know, like, these are the conversations, you know, so it's like me having, you know, white friends in the white community, these are the conversations that people don't want to have with me. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that will go to, I will go to a bar, and those of you that know me best, I will go to a bar and start up a, you know, a conversation about politics. I don't care because I want to know what people think. Mm-hmm. Don't shake my hand and think one thing about me, and then when I leave, talk behind my back about something else. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, I've been wanting to have these conversations forever. And it's crazy that we're in this time period right now, but I just encourage everybody to have the uncomfortable conversations because that's the only way that this change is going to you know, be of be of the essence. I mean, you have to have you have to be willing to have the uncomfortable conversations, no matter if you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, so that's pretty much what I got. Man, very passionate, man. I'm very yeah, passionate. Like I'm very no, passionate. But that's how it should be. Right? <laughs> Nothing's going to get done unless right. we are. <laughs> so, and, and when you truly think about it, and I had to put it in my hand because I was trying to do something, so I'm not putting it back. But anyway, um, <laughs> so when you really think about it, that's that right there is one, the conversation, so we're starting it, right? So we're starting a conversation, and that's where we truly begin to see some change, right? But 
youth, right? So we talk about youth, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about laws being changed mm-hmm. because laws have to be changed. Mm-hmm. If they're not changed, this is for nothing. The executive order, okay, cool. That's what's up. It takes time to happen. Whatever, mm-hmm. right? We'll what yeah, and I get it. But but why did it happen? So we talk about the again, why. Last, well, yep. again, last week we talked about executive orders. I said, I'm sick and tired of people, like, we're, we're not a dictatorship, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't want a dictatorship, stop yelling at one person to do some shit. I don't care who the one person is, mm-hmm. right? It could be you. Right. It could be me. Mm-hmm. But if I'm president, mm-hmm. I'm the top cop. Write me a law. Mm-hmm. But if I have to make the rules, what makes you think I can make the rules? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, why, why is he... Like, we have all these members of Congress. They're all in pictures. They're posting videos. And I'm here for... I'm here and I care and all this other shit. But... You haven't written a single thing. When was the last time the, the House voted on something like this? Is there anything on the floor right now? Because I haven't heard shit. But then even piggyback on what you're yeah. saying, like even what you're saying, and it makes me mad because it's like we're so reactionary. That's what I mean. We are reactionary. Here's a Band-Aid. The why this stuff is Here's right. a Band-Aid. Here's right. a Band-Aid. So Here's a Band-Aid. The why we're writing bills and stuff for police reform is because of George Floyd and the stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. Why? Why are we so reactionary? So no one cares until someone's shot. Yep. Nobody cares until someone is hung. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares when Colin Kaepernick kneels. Nobody cares when Drew. I'm going on about the situation, which is for another segment. But <laughs> but my problem is why do we why are we as and we're supposed to be the land is free, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be a great nation. Okay. Why are we so reactionary as as America? We don't do nothing until something goes wrong. Yep. I mean, I have my own theory on that if you're interested. I can give it to you in 30 seconds. I believe that the entire government, uh, not necessarily out of malice, but the entire government is only interested in keeping their job. I mean, I 100% agree. So unless, when, they, when they're directly asked for something, they go, oh, okay, I'll go get it for you. And you go, well, what the fuck were you doing for the last three years? Because you've been here for four years. You've been here for 38 years. You've been saying that you're really passionate about this shit. But all you have to do is open your laptop and go, and then it gets voted on. Right. And then we go get the vote on stuff. But you're blacking out voting days. You're like, somebody tell me, somebody tell me when the next day to vote on something is. When is your next school board vote? When is it? Somebody tell me. Oh, I know it's one of well, well, you'll know, right? You're like, there's one in July. It's going to be here. But I, I, I would bet that if you called, if everybody on Facebook right now, everybody watching, if you called 10 people that you think are really upstanding citizens and said, when's the next school board vote? When's the next city council vote? They don't know. When's the last one you voted in? I don't know. I just vote for the president. Well, there's like 600 people writing laws before we even get to whoever that jerk-off's going to be, right? And not to cut you off, research ALEC, A-L-E-C. We talk about laws being written in. What is ALEC? ALEC is is former former heads of companies or current heads of companies and former lawmakers that write these laws, and and this is on the 13th, so definitely dive into it, right, is... They're writing these laws, and then all I'm doing is kind of representing my name on it, and it's getting passed that way, right? Mm-hmm. One forgot to change the letterhead and was called. I was like, hey, who's Alec? And they're like, well, I don't, this, this is my law. I wrote it. I wrote it. He's like, well, the Alec logo is right here, and it says Alec. Mm-hmm. So, look, and, and you think about things like. so. It's the, like a shitty Bond right, movie. Right. And if you think like, about. What the, the fuck the is going it, on here? And the way it <laughs> happened was, was there the, the standing ground law that was passed? Mm hmm. Uh, the number one selling an ammunition is who, if you guys don't know anymore, it's, it's Walmart, right? The law passed, their numbers went up, 
Walmart stepped away as being on the board, but then continued to pay into it. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if I'm financing it, if I'm financing it, it's still benefiting. Right. Of course. So those things, like Alec, again, things I would have never known until it was brought to light. These aren't these aren't things people are educated on, and I wasn't. So I'm not trying to think. I watched Thirteenth, and yep. he gave me this answer. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, it's things like that. That who's controlling what? Which is, I get it. Let's pass the law. Let's get it all through. But I think our our youth can make such a movement right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I'm 40 years old, so right. my my I'm gonna do what I can for, right. as far as Facebook Live, no podcast, doubt. conversations. No doubt. But our youth right now, if they really understood the power that they have, yeah. Because I'll it tell you, be, it would be crazy. I, I I like politics. I don't like arguing the politics of people. I don't want to know who you like, who you don't like. We all know who we like and don't right, like, right? right. right? I want to know what's your stance on this mm-hmm. as a, as an individual. Right. What do you think about this? Yay or nay? Mm-hmm. Or is the magic in the middle? Right. Right. But again, like, the, I can't watch the news because it becomes. Well, the left believes, and the right says this, and then everyone picks their camp, and it's like a fucking dodgeball game. Who can get the headshot in and go, oh, shit, that was the kill shot, and then everybody rallies and memes around the kill shot, and then the conversation's in. Right, and and that's worded around energize your base, right? That's that's how you say it. Yep. Energize your base. What can I say? And how 45 got where he's at is he energized, he woke up and made it okay to be... Racist to be, uh, to be in a way he framed it up was make America great again. So when you put that on that, well, I'm American. I'm very proud to be an American. But what do you mean make it great again, right? Mm-hmm. With the fact that you don't acknowledge Juneteenth, Juneteenth is absolutely ridiculous. But in the same month, we celebrate Independence Day, right? So now my company, who I work for, and I won't shout them out, but who I work for, they they just sent out a memo saying they're going to acknowledge Juneteenth as a national as a as a holiday where if you're working, you get paid time and a half. Right. Good. And if you want to be off, you can be off, right? So that's also so shout out, shout out to my company. But that's if Juneteenth wasn't... But also, if that's the only thing that the young employees get, they go, time and a half? It worked. I, I don't know what June 19th is, but I'm happy to get 19... Like, if, again, it becomes a what? Right. Right? Well, why is it a holiday? Right. Is there going to be a thing? Right. Or is it going to be like... Like, same thing with the 4th of July to me, right? Everyone's like, ooh, fireworks. I'm like, that is not what the 4th of July is. It's not a day to get drunk and eat barbecue and then watch fireworks. Mm-hmm. That's not what it is. Right. Do you know why it is what it is? And they're like, well, that, I mean, it's kind of like that song. You're like, the song? Tell me, what the, tell me the lyrics of the song. Go ahead. How many stripes are on it? Like, what are we talking about here? Right. So I'll take, and before I say what I'm going to say, again, I am comfortable with having uncomfortable conversations. If you know me best, you know I don't care. I will spark it up. I have to put this out there because you because you put up a good point. The slogan, make America great again. Okay? We all know what party that the slogan goes to or is affiliated with. Here's my question. Number one, I do not think all Trump supporters are racist because they're not. I know some good people. I went to high school with them. I know their family. They're, they're, they're great people. They just vote for who they vote for. And I vote for who I vote for. We're all entitled to that. Before you move on, and I'll let you get back to it, I disagree with that. Okay. okay. <laughs> and, and the reason why I disagree with that is because and I think we may have touched on it a little bit. Maybe you're not outward racist, but if you said racism isn't the line where you stop supporting him, then you support racism. Right. I mean, so I can understand that's that too. Okay. Okay. Oh. That's how I feel. Oh, okay. So to all his, <laughs> that's my <laughs> point. <laughs> to, all, to all my 
uh, viewers, I don't think that all Trump supporters are racist. That's me. He feels different, but that's what we do. Here's my question, though, okay? And I'm probably going to leave you on the because I got to go in, in, in um, a couple minutes. The, ter- the slogan, Make America Great Again, okay? Um, when was America ever great for you? Not great okay. for me. Okay. Um, well, not great in the sense, and I'll say it this way. I want to be very clear when I say this. I've have, I'm a successful black mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. in America, right? So, I'm, I'm, yeah, and you're, so right. I'm a successful black man in America, but... Everything I did came with a bump, right? Everything I did came with a, like, nine years, oh, I'm sorry, when I was having a gun in my face as a child, right? Having a, a water gun, I had a cop put a gun in my face. So being judged and all that stuff, so it was never great for me there, right? So I had to fight for literally everything. You got to prove additional, you got to do all these things. So for me, it was never great. I am successful in what I do for a living, mm-hmm. but it's never been great. Okay, so the mean answer to that question is make America great again. So me, as a historical background person, um, you have to understand where I'm coming from uh, as I say this, okay? Make America great again. So for the black community, uh-huh. it wasn't great for us in 1619. It wasn't great for us in, in 1850. It wasn't great for us in 1861. It wasn't great for us in 1900. It wasn't great for us in 1920. It wasn't great for us in the 30s. It wasn't great for us in the 40s. It wasn't great for us in the 50s. And until all that kind of stuff that happened, Little Rock Nine. Uh, stuff like that. It wasn't great for us in the 60s because that's what our civil rights activists fought for. It wasn't great for us in the 70s. It wasn't great for us in the 80s. Not in the 90s. Not in the 2000s. It's 2020. Civil rights 2.0. So for the black community and people watching, I really want you to challenge yourself and ask that question. When was America ever great for the black community? Once you answer that question with conviction, then I'll wear the MAGA hat. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> meaning, 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 I'm, meaning I'm never wear. Meaning I'm never wear. That little cameo. No, but I want people to understand that, and it's not me trying to be political. But I want you to understand where I'm coming from, it, as far as the decades that I just went through, and I just jotted and, and and just talked about some of the things that have happened in some of the decades. When was America ever great for a Black American? I don't know. I mean, I've had a decent life. Mm-hmm. I've experienced racial injustice. Mm-hmm. I've had this. Uh, work four or five times as hard to get to the start line and I got to work six or seven times hard to keep my position. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so I, so I just really challenge everybody, you know, when was America ever great for the black community? Educate yourself. Educate yourself with that. Right. I'm going to wrap it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool. So you guys good. So once again, thanks for all that. To be continued. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be on next Mike week. Mike Price, talk tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah, Mike Price tomorrow. I'm going to see New Mayor on Thursday. I'm okay. going to go do a workout with our boy, New Mayor. So I want to thank everybody <laughs> for watching. I, th- I know a lot of people were uh, anticipating this video. You know, this is first of many. Shout out to uh, my boy, Tom, for letting us do it. Anytime. Shout out to my boy, Dorsey, who's doing the podcast with me. This is D. Harrison, Dorsey, and we signing out, and we'll see you all again next week. Thank you guys so much for watching. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can you take out the part where I said I wore the MAGA hat? <laughs> <laughs>